Hello, and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And we finally get to do in our big old top 10 movies of 2021. Kind of like the, it's always like our uh, finale thing, I guess you'd say, of the year, even though we always do it in January, but you know what I mean. Whatever. It feels like the, yeah. it feels like the end of like a podcast year season when we get to this episode, and then we start fresh on God knows whatever we want to do, but um... But yeah, we get to 2021, and this is this was like one of the most interesting years, I guess, of probably movies because though there is like a lot of good stuff, and I mean, I'm not saying it's not good stuff out there. It felt like it's a year full of like almost like more like a lot of hey, that's a great movie, but not really those like here's a copious amount of amazing flicks and it's going to be so hard to decide which list it goes and all this kind of stuff like that, you know? Like how I would say like 2019 and back kind of were. Yeah, this year for me personally, uh, movie-wise, was there were movies that came out that I definitely liked and there are movies that I'm like, oh, I know for a fact this is going to be my list. But then as I was kind of preparing, I was looking like, well, that's a good movie. That's a good movie too. And then I'm just kind of looking like, uh... Well, I mean, I liked it, but I mean, not no. I'll put it on the list. Why not? You know, it's kind of like that. Not not, not trying to put all this stuff down, but it, it's just yeah. one of those things. Like, there's just not very many movies that blew me away this year, but there were still movies I liked. You know, so yeah. Well, I feel like that's the same way I kind of felt too. Is like. It's one of those ones where it's like, they're, they're, they're good movies, but they're like those ones that like on a, it felt like if it was a normal year, they would probably be, I hate to sort of say it, but like the, the top 20 section, not necessarily the top 10. Not saying all of them, but you know, some of them. I know that feels like one of those ones like, okay, so here we go, star list. Yeah, the movies, they're okay. I mean, if you want to stick around. <laughs> well, I, f- I feel like also ever since 2020, it's been harder for me to kind of go out and just not I mean not just because of the pandemic or whatever and releases but also because of like where i live now i have to kind of really go to my way to go to a movie theater now mm-hmm. so and it's got to be like i'll plan it out now i have a dog so i just can't leave the dog alone so all this kind of thing you know so um it's one of those things where i didn't see as much as i did previous years and out of that I like to have my list be a little varied. Like, okay, here's a Marvel movie. Here's like a Noam Bakaba movie. Here's a here's like some weird random kind of like drama movie I saw at some point. Or here's you know like I try to mix it mix it up. Throw a documentary mm-hmm. in there. This year, the way it turned out, it's like ninety percent like adaptations of things <laughs> I like, sequels things that we've been on record of saying we like. It's not going to be a big surprise this year. There are things I wanted to check out but didn't get a chance to, but you know, these turn this, these Yeah, well, well, this year just you know, you could only go to the movie theaters for so many, you know, months out of the year. There's still that like blockade point and even still there is, you know, lesser films. I mean, even when we kind of went to Christmas, it's like normally you'd be like, "Oh shit, for one week straight you're going to the movie theater like every single day." This time I was like, "Oh, there's only a couple of them to see. Oh, that's interesting. You know, not to say anything against it. But uh, let's get on to the list. We don't need to babble on too long here. But uh, let's start with number 10. Who wants to go first? Um, I can go first. So my number 10 is uh, a movie called Paper Tigers. Now, um, something I want to point out before. Now, the thing says 2020. 
the thing is, it went to like one or two film festivals in 2020. It didn't actually get distributed until 2021. And I feel like, I'm, I think we're on the same page on this, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like, whenever someone's like, oh yeah, it's a 2020, well, when did it come out? Oh, I didn't really get an official release until 2000. All right then, well, I mean, <laughs> how the fuck are like people outside this random film festival supposed to see it? So I'm, I'm counting it as a 2021 from movie for myself. Yeah, I, I always um, say if the general public can't see it yet, then it's not um, there. It's, it, the same kind of goes with foreign films, too. Too. Like, I feel like if a foreign film's kind of landlocked in, like, 2020, but then it finally gets a U.S. release in 2021, well, then it's a 2021 movie by that standard. So this movie, Paper Tigers, it got released to Netflix, and what it is is... It, I, the movie's good. I, I thought the movie was really fun. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of in love with the concept more than the movie, but it's like, what if the three... Remember that, like, remember, like, uh, like a lot of those, like, early 90s martial arts movies and late 80s martial arts movies it's kind of like what if the three ninjas grew up Uh is kind of the concept and what it is is it's these guys that are middle aged and they were like in their late teens back in like you know like 91 92 around that time and they they were at this particular dojo and they had this very respected master and they were badasses and they could talk all this mad shit and do this stuff. And the opening is like, you know, ha- like home, like, um, home footage, like, you know, home. Yeah. <laughs> the word escaped me for a minute. <laughs> home footage of just these guys doing tournaments, whether it be like at some dude's garage or somebody or like a big official tournament and just mopping the floor with people. And then it jumps like years later to present day. And they're just a bunch of guys like, one of them doesn't do martial arts anymore. One mm-hmm. of them fucked up their leg and can't kick <laughs> anymore. The other uh, is a dude who kept in shape and kept martial art, but he, he doesn't do martial arts. He just does MMA now. So mm-hmm. it, it's this kind of like, and their master dies, and they decide to go on a hunt to see who the, who did it. And it was somebody that did a move the master taught them. One of those kind of like, this move will kill you with the right pressure kind of thing. So it's like the but Akuma of the group. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to find out who this person is. And the movie is a, um, it is a kind of a dramatic comedy slash martial arts movie. Mm-hmm. And there is like, there's like some things they just speak on, like, you know, there's like people that there's like these, like, you know, really douchey, like, wannabe, like, you know, like, like hip hop kids that like they're, they're 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 Asian kids that think they're all they're all they're dress all like and like you know like they're in a K-pop band almost and they're like yeah man we represent this dojo now get the fuck out of here you know that kind of mm-hmm. attitude like who are these little fucks you know and they go in to kind of like and they like you know the first like one of them like gets his ass kicked like you just got your ass kicked by a nineteen year old dude like fuck you, you know? so <laughs> it's like PG thirteen but you know it's around that area you know and but they each character it's kind of like the uh, there's the one black dude in the group of the main characters he's mm-hmm. in good shape and he keeps up with, with all this but he's just he's not kept up with this particular style he's forgotten a lot of it because he does martial art or uh, MMA, MMA which is still martial art mixed martial arts. He, yeah, still martial arts, but not like the traditionalist kind of thing, which mm-hmm. is what you know. And then uh, the the second guy on the team is more of like he ha- he's like the strategist, and he has he knows all the basic know how, but he can't fucking kick anymore. And mm-hmm. every time he kicks, he basically just starts dry heaving and can't like you know he like he screams in pain. So there's a part where he's like talking shit, like your forms are wrong, this and that. You gotta have like this, gotta have like that. Like show me. He's like uh kicks it oh fuck goes down (laughs) and then the other guy he's just kind of like he used to be the best of them he's just like I just don't know guys he's like the one that's kind of like 
the one that was always the gung ho of the group. He's mm-hmm. now the more reserved. You know, he's divorced. All this. And he's that. broken. And, yeah, and essentially, you could say, you know, it's it's a couple of things. It's like the, um, it is the, if the three ninjas are like one of those kind of nineties kids martial arts movies that those guys grew up. But it's also kind of like a traditional old school martial arts movie in the aspect of we're trying to find who killed our master. Mm-hmm. And the martial arts in it's actually pretty good. It's not like you know. Yun Wu Ping, but it's really good martial arts scenes, I'd say, you know? So, yeah, I, I recommend that one. It's easy. It's on Netflix, and if you like martial arts movies, good one to check out. Yeah, that one sounds really good. I, I had no idea about that, but those Netflix movies are always the ones, like, they just always escape me, because they just sort it's of... It's always a roll of the dice, in Well, and, and they always just sort of... Yeah, because that's the thing, though. It's like, you know, there's so many of those Netflix movies you turn on, and they're, they're kind of just... They just felt like you just bought the straight the DVD, like, you know, 18th sequel of something. You're like, oh, oh that's... <laughs> so, it's like, I feel like that's always such a roll of the dice and this in my opinion i just always feel like they never have any advertisement for them unless you look at netflix all the time like they just sort of like come on out and then next thing you know there's something brand new the next week and so they just get put under the rug but uh that one actually sounds really cool i'd like to have to check that one out but um going on to my number all right you got more to say on that I was just going to say, um, if, if I didn't turn on Netflix the day it came on Netflix, yeah. I probably wouldn't have seen it. Because it's on the big banner, and then after that one day, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, we, we, we got something else in here, and that, that's sort of what happens. It's like you got like a brief moment to sort of catch it. But um, I guess speaking of my number 10, my number 10 is also one of those few movies that appears on like the banner thing for like a moment, a little bit longer than others. But it's not a Netflix one, it's an Amazon one. But mine's the Coming to America, the sequel. <laughs> You know, I didn't see that, and uh, yeah, I, I I heard you say it was pretty good, so I'm, it must be good for you if it's on your number ten. You know? Yeah, well, that's like one of my like when I think of like those like childhood favorite kind of classic comedies and so on. And plus, when I was a kid, I just loved anything Eddie Murphy, no matter what. Like Beverly Hills Cop was one of my favorite things, but Coming to America was also one of those other ones that was just pure awesome. And what I liked about the Coming to America one is that I felt like it was a very well done sequel for a comedy because that's like times that's always a tough one when you do a comedy not saying comedy sequels can't be good but when you do a comedy sequel like literally like 25 plus years later that's actually even longer than that it's like almost 30 years later because i think coming to america or the original is like 88 might be 87 but um so that's a long time to kind of go and a lot of times when kind of those kind of ones come back they a lot of times do the thing where they're just like hey remember this joke remember this joke remember this you know which granted this one I'm not saying it doesn't have that like hey remember these characters remember this and so on but it felt like it still added like a story that you're like okay cool I want to see what kind of happens here and it kind of all took place generally in Africa so it wasn't just like hey let's just go back to Queens and kind of retrace the same steps it's like no 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 you got this brand new thing going on we're going to bring in pretty much just about everybody which is pretty awesome the only thing that kind of bummed me out is that Samuel L. Jackson's not in there. I wish they could have just found a way to have him in there and be like, well, what happened to the guy who was the hobo guy that tried to rob, you know, the restaurant? Let's see where he's at now. He's the crime lord of the city now. He really yeah. moved up the ladder. That's, I mean, I felt there was a place in there for Samuel L. Jackson's character just to have a great, like, five-minute chew, the, you know, the scenery type scene. But, um, but, yeah, no, other than that, though, that movie was great. It was hilarious. I mean, I probably haven't watched it in, like, I guess in about a year by now almost because that that was, like, one of those movies that came out, like, the beginning, like, January. Boom, boom, boom. Right then and there. But uh, solid comedy. I felt, like, totally respected the original and whatnot, but still added to it. And then it's just kind of nice to see Eddie Murphy kind of back in, like, sort of a big movie again. It's like, that's one of those ones. Like, I mean, I know he kind of got into the whole family thing and so on. And, but you're kind of like, yo, Eddie, what about us? What, we're not your family? You know, we only pay to see your movies. 
it, it's kind of funny because I was thinking, like, you know, when I was introduced to Eddie Murphy, I knew him as an actor, and mm-hmm. most of the stuff in the 90s was kid family stuff. Yeah. And then one day my brother comes in with a VHS of um, Delirious. Yeah, great And one. I'm, like, in the third grade. <laughs> I'm like... That's the Mush. That's Mushu. You know? so, and so you know, and like, it's good to know that he's kind of going back to that kind of like you know that type of hu- that some of those kind of roles. I never saw My Name Is. Did he do the the um, Dolomite movie? He did the Dolomite movie, didn't he? Like two two or three years ago. Oh, did he? I don't know. I don't know if I saw that one. My Name Is Dolomite, I believe. Yeah, where he was. Ba- where is the. It was about the guy who made Dolomite, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, I wanted to check that one out. But, yeah, it's good to know that he's kind of getting back out there and doing, you know, I mean, it's the same character he did before, but at the same time, it's good to know he's kind of going back to that. Yeah, because that's just one of those ones where, you know, you kind of would first hear that. You go, huh, that's an interesting one. Maybe that's a great idea. Maybe it's not. But then it's like, no, 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 very solid, worked out well, very strong comedy, you know, good the whole way through, definitely worth checking out. But, Ryan, that Often. leads you to... What's your number nine? My number nine? Let me just say real quick, up until maybe four or five, these aren't in any real particular order. It's just kind of like, oh, these are the movies I like, the top ten movies, give or take. Yeah. So it's no real set order up until four or five, I'd say. Well, sometimes um, when I talk about a movie, then I, I start almost, I'll be like halfway to be like, you know what? The more we talk about this, I feel like I can reshuffle my list, but that's always kind of how it goes. Yeah, it happens to me every year with this. Um, my number nine is, um, I'm going to say, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this Justice League really kind of... Uh, I know that it's kind of controversial because technically it's a movie that came out like t- 2017 and this is the re-release, but I'm going to say that, you know, an extra two hours on what was already a two-hour <laughs> movie, more or less. I feel like that could be a new movie by this point, and it is like... It's. I'll say this about that movie. It's kind of weird because I feel like when that came out, everybody was like, "Oh my!" Like you know, when it finally came out, "Oh my god, it's way better than I thought it would be." It's actually really good. And then like almost like four months later, a bunch of people like, "Actually, it sucks." <laughs> like just like, like you know, like we all took it in. You know what? It's not really that fucking good. It actually fucking sucks. You know, like just people like turned on it almost immediately. But like, um, I I still like that. I think that that is the better version of Justice League. I wish that you know maybe there was a they turned up the color a little more mm-hmm. and maybe like you, there's like I feel like the the reason why it's a little lower on my list is because even though I feel like it's more fully fleshed out and it's a good story and it really adds a lot more to the original movie. The only thing is it really is. Zack Snyder putting in every deleted scene in every single thing like that was on his mind and just putting it in there just to get it out there to the world and as interesting as it is it doesn't always make it the best movie just because four hours it didn't need to be four hours it could have been like three it could have been three hours mm-hmm. and if you take out like three of those slow-mo music videos of Lois Lane getting coffee or like <laughs> Aquaman walking into the storm again mm-hmm. you know I, I feel like you could have or even trimmed down some of the little teaser stuff they had um, after they beat, beat Steppenwolf I feel like you probably could have had a good solid three hour two hour 45 minute movie in there somewhere but regardless I still really enjoy that movie and I um, kind of I mean I'm not kind of like oh, only if we could have the Snyderverse back not so much to that degree but it shows like hey you know this was he clearly had a vision and mm-hmm. he got to see his vision and it 
was a pretty good movie, and I think that people would have felt different if this was the movie. A variation of this movie is the one that came out in 2017. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's, as I say, I have that one as my number nine as well, too. And the only reason I put it kind of lower is because I felt like, in a sense, because it is sort of an, it's almost like an old movie unearthed. So it seems kind of like a weird one to kind of compare it in the same year. But I feel like, no, it is still really solid, adds a lot more depth to that film. I mean, I still like the, you know, the original variation of Justice League quite a bit. I probably like it more than most people. But, um, and I like them each in their own kind of different ways. I, you know, now I almost want one of those. Those ones it's the same way that like the rocky four director's cut kind of was where it's like cool it adds in some more scenes but then you're like i want the version though that combines like both of them together and just where you kind of get the best of both worlds and that, that would be kind of cool to see as a third version of justice league trim it down a little bit add kind of the stuff that was good from their previous version kind of add it in there but um but no overall i thought that one was really solid i mean i guess we're like the few people that were always kind of like you know we're it was funny when there was that moment where people were like, yeah, we're all pros with Zack Snyder. I almost want to be like, bull fucking shit. Where the <laughs> hell were you people the last 10 years? Yeah, fucking right. It, it, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of this is like, I know it's kind of like local, but like, okay, when, remember when the 49ers started doing good after like 20 fucking years? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Because I just remember being a kid, like, and I just would say, like, if someone asked you what's your favorite football team, you're like, oh, I like the 49ers. And you know, at that point, be like, oh, the 40 whiners? <laughs> Why don't you like the Raiders? They're like pirates and rapists. And you're like, well, yeah, I mean, uh, let's go. I like the 49ers and whatnot. I mean, nowadays I go, I, I, I like any of those teams. They're all California. Well, we're fucking Nevada close enough. But, um, you know, but like that's what it sort of reminded me of. And then the second that fucking the 49ers started doing good, like five years ago or something like that, everybody's like, oh, I, I fucking love the 49ers. And it's like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. No, you don't. You just like them because they're winning now. <laughs> Who I feel kind of bad for is original Golden State Warrior fans because <laughs> yeah, I that's never another saw one. What, walking around San Francisco until they started winning. I never saw, I mean, maybe you see one or two people walking around in a Golden State Warrior jersey or jacket or something. Mm -hmm. But until they started having that winning streak, did I not start seeing it all over the city? Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, I've always loved them. I've always like, loved them. And then, like, you. I loved them when, they're, when the tickets were $5, you know? <laughs> and now it's like, and now they're like leaving. Oakland and going like to San Francisco. It's like you get those are the people that were fucking your. Ugh, those are the original fans. What the I fuck? Know. <laughs> Oakland. I know you make Oakland's more just now, getting be still. betrayed and backstabbed and. Yeah. <laughs> Never can win, but, but yeah, th that's what it sort of remind me of. That's what those like new like so-called Zack Snyder fans were because it was like fuck you guys. I know for a fact you were those little bitches that were like Marvel only. <laughs> Zack Snyder's movies are so stupid. Blah 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 blah. But then for some reason he gets this new version out as a director. Uh, yeah. I don't understand some of those people that just like the turncoats, you know, you know, <laughs> there's that, there's that part, there's what, that what's part that term in like, like the 1700s, what you'd call like those like, uh, Americans that would like side up the British people, the Tories. I think that's what they would call Tories. them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of, uh, I'm just thinking of that part in outlaw Josie Wales where he goes up and there's a the guy and like he has a he has a confederate jacket on and all of a sudden like he's he's the ferry man he's crossing away he's just like we're looking for we're, we're looking for another confederate oh you are he just flips the coat outside out it's blue he just went that way <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like yep okay we're safe now you know no that's totally how it is but um but yeah Justice League 
you know, still overall very solid. And like, depending on that, I guess, you know, you, you don't get this version, I guess, unless it is 2021. So I, th- that's why it can fit on the list. But so, uh, yeah. Continuing um, the number eight. Number eight. Um, I'm going to say the, I forget the actual name. I think it's just called the, the finale, but, um, Roni Kenshin Five, more or less. Oh God, um, that's the one I, I kept. I kept forgetting about that one. It's like I really wanted to see that, and I just totally spaced out. That once again, another one just kind of gets released in the total background. I'll, I'll say this: one of the reasons a little lower. It starts off kind of slow. Actually, no, opening is fucking badass. Mm-hmm. Um, once we get past that, it's a little slow for a minute because you know Kenshin's enjoying life. It's everything he kind of wants. There's peace. He'd be Chishio, all that kind of stuff. And then, um, and then Inishi rolls back in and fucks shit up. And from there on in, once all that happens, it's like, once again, those crazy action scenes that Mm -hmm. you watch these live action Kenshin movies for. And it meets on the, you know, it's, 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 it's an anime. So it's based on anime or based on a manga. So it is a little melodramatic and all that kind of stuff. But you know what you're getting into if you've been watching the series this long. And... It doesn't change the fact that I was still really gripped the whole time. Because it's also kind of interesting to me because I watched the Roni Kenshin anime. Mm-hmm. I didn't read the manga. And at some point, the anime did the thing where it's like, well, we're going to go do our own thing now. So now, even though I'm watching the abridged version, these movies are more following the manga. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting seeing like, okay, because I knew eventually Inishi would come in and all this. But mm-hmm. now, seeing it in live action and seeing the action and how badass it is and... Yeah, I, I if you like those other Kenshin movies, I, I don't know if it's my favorite, but I mean num- number four was decent, but it was more or less a remake of Samurai X, and Samurai X is already kind of very just. You, I, I think the animated ver- versions are already fine enough as is. Well, yeah, but, Samurai X is amazing as far as the animated version. And, and the, the 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 live action movie doesn't really deviate that much. It's just kind of you know just the just the live action version of it really, mm-hmm. where this. I maybe maybe this is too close to the comic for some people, but for me, I thought it was just this. It was it was like kind of like oh, here's the story I always kind of wanted to know, and not only that, I got to see it in kind of a live action form. So I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a badass action movie. So so far, it's just like I said, my list is going to be basically like <laughs> like genre and stuff we cover on the show all the time. So there's be very few like oh wow, that's an artsy choice. Very yeah, I've kind of given up on the artsy choices though. Like the the farther I get in life, I kind of go the real like hard like. dramas, the real artsy stuff. It's like no, I want kick and punching and gun shooting. Like you know what I mean? Like let's get to the good stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, that Rurouni Kenshin one, that, that was one I actually should have just checked. I, for some reason, I don't know. It's one of those years where I felt like I just spaced out on like, certain movies, and it's like, oh, yeah, that was there. Because I, it's one of those ones, just I felt like these things kind of just, they, it's almost like they get kind of like dropped off, and with no advertisement, no, well, then again, I, I never see ads anymore, so maybe that also doesn't help the cause. <laughs> when, you, when you pay for everything to have no ads whatsoever, sometimes you also have no idea what comes up because of that. But uh, but yeah, no, that one's really good. But going on to my what are we on number eight yeah with more martial arts mayhem because i feel like that's what we're sort of going with here and so on i'm doing gi joe snake eyes 
Oh yeah, that's the one I wanted to check out. And I, I think we're gonna, we're just gonna have a lot of like punching, kicking, and shooting on both of our list at the end of the day. Yeah, well, and this GI Joe one was one of those movies where it just like once again felt like it came out of nowhere, and it kind of came back in the right time because it came back like right as movie theaters kind of opened up again, which I think kind of I don't know if that helped it out necessarily because movie theaters have been just dry bones ever since. I mean, shit, you go see Spider Man, it's still like it looks like it's like like any other movie but um it's one of those ones where that gi joe was like okay snake eyes cool like you know what i mean it's like yeah let's have another gi joe movie i like the other two live action ones but let's see what this is and this was just one of those ones where it's just like hey let's just do gi joe we'll just focus on snake eyes and storm shadow and whatnot like this have just a badass kind of like you know futuristic kind of kung fu type movie which is i think is a great way to go if it's samurai ninja flick and just action packed the whole way through you know what i mean like i, I was totally sold on it i'm like dude this is this is great just tons of action. Uh, do you think this one's going to get a sequel? I hope so. I, it, I mean, it definitely had the feeling like they want to do the thing, like the, you know, the, the course the Marvel thing where they build up of different characters, and so I mean, that's what everybody's kind of trying. But um, this one is, was just totally badass. The only thing I just wonder is just because the way that sort of movies are kind of coming out nowadays, some of these ones just get kind of lost kind of quick, and just I don't know, you know, the, the excitement level for movies is just not there this year. Sadly enough, except for the you know extreme movie people, this is one I did want to check out, and I'm wondering though if like something like the average person like is going to want to say, okay, that's the Snake Eyes movie. Now we're going to do the Roadblock movie. Now we're going to do the now we're going to do the Scarlet movie. Now yeah. we're going to do the well, Duke well, well, movie. They, they but... did have Scarlet in this one too. She was the other like oh, okay. main character in this one. So they had about you know. They probably had more than three, but, you know, I, I, I know kind of like the standard G.I. Joe-like characters and so on, but once you start getting all the, the offshoot stuff and there's, you know, the, the characters have come along, you know, here and there, that, that's where I kind of... It's like the same thing with Transformers. I know, like, the core Transformers, but once you start getting into, like, oh, this guy was in the 1998 show and this guy was in, like, the 2014 one, I'm like, well, okay, I don't know. <laughs> I only know so many so. of them. Yeah, you know, but uh, but no, overall, I, I mean, I haven't seen the G.I. Joe movie since it kind of came out, so it's like, story-wise, I couldn't tell you exactly what was in I just remember it was like, dude, it had great action in it. It was fun the whole way through. I had a great old time with it. I, I like the I like both the guys that played Storm Shadow and uh, Snake Eyes and whatnot. I thought they did an awesome job. And it does set it up nicely for, like, hey, if they do continue this G.I. Joe, like, new saga, it kind of work. I wasn't too sure if this was supposed to be a new one or if it was supposed to, at first, when I saw just the poster for it, there was being, like, like a, in a sense, like a G.I. Joe 3, but, like, a spinoff. I feel like it's probably a reboot because I feel like everybody's No, it, it, it is, but like when, when initially, because, you know, it had no trailers, no nothing or anything like that, just sort of dropped. But, uh, but yeah, that's my uh, number, number eight. So I guess my number seven, um, just keeping it with the anime theme, like, like I said, first five or so, no real set order. Um, mm-hmm. Evangelion 3.1.5, you cannot remember this title um evangelion, evangelion 4 3, <laughs> evangelion 4 yeah um I, that's my number four just because it's a long-running series i liked and mm-hmm. you know i already thought it ended once i'm like okay well that was good and then for a while when we were talking about this movie i was like is this movie ever going to come out and then it finally did come out mm-hmm. and not only did it come out but it was really good and yeah there's some of the anime tropes that you know we've come to expect and some of the 
overly over exposition and all the kind of like let's quickly explain like all this mind shit all this like you know deep philosophical shit just real passing as we have this giant like you know as we're going through like this 2001 space odyssey cross thing Mm -hmm. you know but at the same time, I feel like unlike previous versions of Evangelion, this one knew to like, all right, well, if we're going to do all this crazy mental mind fuck stuff, let's have a badass action scene over here in the corner, and we'll cut back to the two. You know? That's, mm-hmm. that's something that I think they learned from. And on top of that, I mean, it's not that alone. It, the, the, I really liked what they did with the characters, because this is really... When you get down to it, this is kind of like a story that's over 20 years in the making, and the idea of like, oh no, this has all happened before, and happened again, and again, and again, so it's kind of like these characters, after all these cycles, and life ending and repeating, it finally, this is them bringing it to a close, and learning from their mistakes, finally, whether they knew they were repeating it or not, so, and... There had a, there's a lot of good emotional payoff in it, aside from badass action. I mean, when things... There, there were crazy, weird moments that kind of took me... Caught me off guard a little bit here and there. But overall, it was... I think it's a perfect ending for that series. And I hope they keep it that way. I know they're going to do spinoffs. Like, they're talking about doing ones like, take place in the 10-year gap between the movies. Or they might do some stuff where it's like, okay, here's the other versions of how life turned out in the other parallel worlds or whatever but it's not doing the thing where it goes where it's like you get what i'm saying this is the Mm -hmm. end but they might go back and do other like you know other versions yeah other little side stories and so on no that one definitely adds a very good like grand finale just here it is i like the way they sort of went with it i like kind of the new things they add in there how they kind of you know finally shinji kind of figured out like you know time to man up shinji you know what i mean like you're gonna get it now it's gonna work out you know don't need to be crying over you know just because every time you save somebody everything else goes fucking to hell but then i just like how just even with like oscar and all that stuff how she almost became like space but or not really space pirate but like an air pirate and whatnot and just was so like you know beaten and battered over time just like practically smoking a cigarette and sitting in the corner being like death what do y'all know about death she was taking no shit by the end of this, basically. <laughs> but uh, no, that that one is so solid, and uh, I mean that that whole series of all four of those is like I feel like kind of the perfect way to sort of experience Evangelion. But um, that's like one of those ones that even if you look at that thing, it's like oh shit, it's like three hours long and so on like that. But it's like no, no, no that all works. It goes by pretty quickly, especially for something where they stop and just like here's the exposition moment, take mm-hmm. a seat, you know. But even that goes by kind of quickly, quicker than you'd expect it to. Yeah, well, I think just. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's just because there's just so much interesting stuff kind of going on where you're like, oh, fuck, I, I want to see where this is going. Or why, why, why are these characters like this? I mean, it's, it's how many years in the future from what, the last one? It's like, so I think there's so much of that kind of interesting things going on. Well, plus, even though Evangelion did have some slice of life moments, mm-hmm. I feel like there's like that little like hour long period in the movie where he's just, they're just at the village and you get to see how life, you kind of see how Ray, who's always been like, Life. What is life? What is love? Am I love? You know, and just actually see her in like a realistic and believable way, kind of like, oh wow, shit's kind of cool once I actually leave the fucking, you know, like base with nothing in it but debris and dead robots (laughs) and like my shack. (laughs) Yeah, and the ray shack. yeah, my my hot water heater. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That that one. That's that's just a great one. 
fun all the way through and really adds to it. I mean, that's one of those movies like you you definitely need to see the first three. Don't don't expect to go into four just by itself. I don't know what heads or tails would be made if that was the case, but yeah, it's like it's people. It's, I heard people say like, "Oh, yeah, it's kind of like seeing Endgame after seeing all the, but without seeing any of the other movies." Like, it, it's beyond that. It's beyond Endgame. I feel like Endgame, you can kind of piece things together. That one's like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's likely because Endgame, as long as you just knew the concept of okay, Captain America, Iron Man, Spider Man, just you know the core characters, you, you would be fine. You know, I, I guess if you never read any of that stuff and maybe all you knew was Spider Man is like the 1969 show or something like that you'd be really confused <laughs> but, but yeah yeah so that's but my no. number seven 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 so that puts me at okay at mine well mine i'm going with matrix four that was mine there and this is one of those movies that maybe if i watched it kind of again like this one of those ones i felt like it, i needed the second watch i never got that second watch and so on like that and though i i don't feel like it's nearly up to par with matrix one two and three i still felt like hey i was still having a good time it was still interesting the way through even the kind of the weird twists and turns they were so going and even if it was kind of like breaking the fourth wall almost like a woody allen picture and kind of talking to the audience that almost that works in the matrix that's like something that couldn't work in too many other movies and so on like that and then when there was action it was still pretty sweet and so on like that you know i i feel like there's some small things that could have been kind of added to it just to kind of make it fit more in line like it could have had a little bit more of like that sort of green or purplish blue tone of like the you know the old matrix to kind of like have that instead of just to clear and you know i wish they were kind of wearing their suits and i know there's some small things that we talked about before you know i, I wish neo did a little bit more than just putting his hands up to like you know <laughs> Do do like the old. It looks like he's doing like the old man. Like stop you, stop. Well, that's what they see in the Matrix. In the Matrix, they see him as an old man. So he's like, (laughs) I almost wish it just would cut back every once in a while to like some of like the audience walking by, be like, what the fuck's that old guy doing on the back of the motorcycle with his hands up? But um, but no, overall, I thought it was still interesting in just adding certain layers to it and whatnot and what they had to kind of work with. I thought, you know, it was still kind of like, cool, I'm glad that we have this Matrix 4, you know? Yeah, that movie, if we were doing like a top 15, that movie would have made it for me, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I liked it. I thought it was an enjoyable movie. It's also one of those movies I got to visit a few times. I've watched it twice since mm-hmm. uh, that episode we did. And it's one of those movies, like, there are things where I'm like, eh, I wish you did this a little differently, or you guys could have toned back this, amped this up a little bit. But, you know, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fun, and it kind of elaborated on some things. You know, it had some interesting concepts, and hopefully, I don't know if they're going to get a sequel. Hopefully they get a sequel. If they don't, then, you know, well, it's not a bad entry into it. It's probably, it's probably my least favorite of the four. Oh, yeah, But it's definitely. not a bad movie. Yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not a bad movie, though. It's, yeah. It was fun. Yeah, no, it would be interesting to see where it kind of goes. I don't know. I, it felt wrong to, like, not have that somewhere on the list. I don't know why, but, like, it's like, it's like well, there we go. That's where it's at. It'll sit there. I figured you'd have it on your list. I'm like, well, if I'll divvy it up, I'll, I'll leave it off mine. You know, if you were doing 15, it would be on there. But Yeah. yeah. We've learned that 15 is way too much. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had, like, our three-hour episode or whatever that was. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Um... I guess that leads me to my number six. seven. That was seven, six. We're on six now. Um, my number six is Last Night in Soho. Oh yeah, 
That, that was a really good one. It was um, just kind of has very interesting concepts going on. Got the great, of course, soundtrack and whatnot, like any of his movies always sort of have. Um, and what I kind of liked is, you know, you watch that trailer and... It almost doesn't give away a whole lot in that trailer. It's just kind of like, okay, here's this kind of cool girl who, like, you know, dreams of being in the 60s and, you know, being there at the Thunderball premiere and what have you, and goes back in time, and it's magic and blah, 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 blah. Oh, and there's a little bit something scary, but you don't really know what that is yet. You're going to find out. Maybe there's some murder happening and whatnot. She's going to see it and whatnot, but it, it didn't really explain a lot. It just kind of was like a cool intro trailer. And then when you kind of get into the movie, it's like, oh, it's just kind of interesting, like, murder mystery where, you know, you're kind of seeing, like, is this kind of real? Where is this coming from? Who are these kind of characters? Characters and even the twists and stuff in it too, kind of were like, oh, okay, that, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, a couple of the twists actually did kind of catch me off guard. There was no twist. I'm like, wait, what? But I thought that it did a, it did a good job of it because I feel like majority of these types of movies you can call it from a mile away mm-hmm. um, by within the last like 20 minutes or so. But before the big reveal happened, I'm like, oh wait, I think I know what's going to happen. But at the same time. It was still really entertaining, and majority of those twists did catch me off guard, and it was this movie that, even when the twist is done, it's still really enjoyable. Just with the the, the setting, the, the look of it, and usually when people say, like, the lighting, I'm like, all right, what are you, you're just trying to, who really pays that much attention to the lighting? Come on, yeah, you're just trying it, to sound Unless like a you're a film filmmaker, stop. yeah. <laughs> But the lighting in that was really cool with the way they did a lot of the nightmare sequences or when she was having a vision and just the different ways they use that. Like, whenever she... And I, I do like that steady... Like, it was... You could call it a horror movie, but it wasn't, like, mm-hmm. a non-stop... Like, it wasn't, like, trying to be like a Blumhouse movie. It was, like, a jump scare every five seconds or something. Or... But, like, it was doing that thing where you're just watching this girl in her life and trying to see this shy girl kind of click into London, you know, into the cool into the cool hip kid London scene. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being this little girl from the country. Not little girl, but this shy girl from the country. And then this dark thing is unwilling. And like I, I just I just liked I just really liked that whole mystery that unfolds throughout that whole movie. And uh I, who I feel really bad for is that dude who's trying to get with her the whole time. Because <laughs> <laughs> at some point he's like is it really worth it? Because yeah. he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. So the moment when they go back to the room and she's having a freak out, which I understand why she's having the freak out, he's like, what did I do? You know? <laughs> and then later, spoilers. Well, it literally, he, it's like, like the madam comes up practically like wielding a broom, like, get out, get out, you! You know, no boys in the house! And then later, they come, he comes back and like, she's like, I'm sorry about last night. Like, oh, it's okay. I only got thrown out in the in the street in my underwear and stepped on glass and all this and that. But you know, it's it's That's fine. Okay. I'm I'm here for you. Like, dude, you're too you're too understanding, dude. <laughs> you know? And then like goes back. Like, I'm just gonna check up or get stabbed. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, exactly. But luckily, luckily, like you know, he he makes it out. But um, still. That was just a really that was just a really uh, enjoyable movie, and Edgar Wright's one of my favorite directors. I, I don't think it's. I mean, and, and I'm not. I feel like I'm being a negative little bitch coming in. Like <laughs> I liked it, but the reason why it's not higher is because. But at the same time, that said, um, it's probably my least favorite of the movies he's made. But the, that being said, it's still probably better than majority of a lot of other movies. So well, that's sort of the, the same way I kind of thought too. I liked it a lot, but I'll say this. 
it doesn't have maybe that same rewatchability that all his other films kind of would have. Like this one's very interesting and cool. Kinda, you know, it reminds me a lot of a, so, stuff like kind of like Suspiria and like Black Swan and things like that. And they're very interesting movies, but they're not like, hey, let's just throw this on all the time. It's more like you could kind of watch them, you know, every once in a while. And it's like, oh, this is very cool and so on like that. And I think that's how I felt about Last Night in Soho. It's a very interesting, it's a very cool movie. But a lot of times, a lot of times the rewatchability almost can outweigh other stuff, I feel, too. And like, that's the only thing about it. It's one of those cool movies, but like, you know, I'd probably be good if I, if once, if I watched it about 10 years from now, then I'd be like, oh yeah, this is a sweet movie. And then you kind of forget about it a little bit and so on like that and let it be kind of refresh again. That's how it sort of works. But it's not like, it's going to be like, you know, World's End. You can, you can always just throw that movie on. Yeah, I, I did get some kind of like Dario Argento vibes watching this. Mm-hmm. And w- what's cool about it is, you know, s- something like this. I mean, if you're looking for the Edgar Wright-isms, and if you didn't know you are seeing Edgar Wright movie right off the bat, it might just fly right over your head. Like, this movie's kind of styl- a little bit more stylish, a little more hip than I thought it would be. And then, you know, you see the name and directed by it, like, oh, that makes sense, that makes sense. But it, it, once you're looking for it, you see all those. But it could be someone else's movie, which is also a cool thing. I kind of like when a director can do that. Yeah, well, it's just kind of neat because it's almost like he got to try something completely different than what he normally does. And I think that's what my kind of, you know, yeah, it has like, once you kind of know it has the feelings, but it is something way different than like his normal type of movie. But uh, yeah, Last Night in Soho is really good. Which leads me to, what were we on, six? Yeah. So my number six is the new Resident Evil movie, the Welcome to Raccoon City, which most people would be like, what the fuck? That's on, the, that's on your list? And, well, you know, if you like Resident Evil enough, I, it's one of those ones. And, and here's again, and once again, it's not a perfect movie. No, 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 it's not. But it does kind of do a lot of things right and hits the deep cuts. And even when it is kind of, there's some weird kind of changes. There's a couple of actors in it and so on that you're like, that's a fucking weird choice, which I, I, I know that that's probably not the people making the movie. That's probably just Sony Pictures or whatnot overhead. But whatever, they still actually, even if they look like they don't even look like, it's like, what, was the fucking casting director blind or something like that? Like, they still acted out totally fine and you kind of accept them as the characters and so on like that and it just kind of gives just a good like hopefully this is a good start to like a new run of resident evil movies and it's not saying that you know i enjoy those other resident evil movies i i, I take them as a completely different like i'm not watching you know you know the game adaptation i'm watching the alternative you know universe earth three of resident evil or something like that and i if you do that i've enjoyed them for what they are and so on and but it's one of those series that's like, like so many things, it's like, you know what? It, it needs to be kind of st- just restart. It's sort of like the X-Men. It's like, it had a good run. Don't get me wrong. I, I like him and so on like that. But l- let's let's kind of restart it and let's see if we can go closer to the source material. And that's sort of how I felt like R- Resident Evil Welcome to, or Welcome to Raccoon City was. You know, and it does a thing where it kind of combines one and two together with some other elements in there of like, you know, Resident Evil 3 and a little bit of Zero and what have you. And even Code Veronica, which is just kind of cool. Granted, it probably should have had a little bit more time to kind of expand on it like either an extra hour of movie or make it two but i feel like you could just do it an extra hour maybe when it comes out on blu-ray you'll have like an extended cut that could be kind of neat but um probably that's probably asking too much but other than that though it's like the characters are good the action's great it has a lot of resident evil moments in it um it hits well in the horror captures a lot of the moments really well i i enjoyed it I can't speak anything on it because I didn't see it, and I have not played original Resident Evil games. Like, for me, it's four, and a little bit of this one, a little bit of that one, but um, mm-hmm. never played one or two. But the second I saw, like, all these negative reviews on it, I'm like, 
Spencer's gonna love it. It's just the way it works. Not 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 that not that you're looking to be the contrarian, but I, I you see the things, or you you have the appreciation for things that others don't really. That a lot of other, that a lot of other shows, I think, just kind of like this sucked, this something. Well, you guys saw this thing over here, right? Yeah, I feel like you, you, I, I, the second I knew, I knew that the second I heard all these other things, like Spencer's gonna love it. I know he's gonna he's gonna find the things <laughs> that these guys hate, or he's gonna like the thing about it. You know, and the the funny thing about that too is like all my Resident Evil buddies all really enjoyed it too because I remember it was like one of those ones like literally and it was kind of odd it was one of those ones like day one that movie comes out like I just kind of hit up some messages to like RJ and Cisco Pizza Boys represent and I was just kind of like just wondering and all those guys they went went out and saw it right off the bat too and it's like oh okay cool and they're all like yeah dude I, like I dug it you know what I mean like I like the characters awesome. even though it's kind of different like you know it was really neat going the right way so I feel like a true Resident Evil fan fuck those other people the true Resident <laughs> Evil fan can kind of appreciate and see where it's going yeah it might not be perfect it's not like the fucking novelizations that are like you know spot on dialed in but it, it's still going the right direction you know it's um yeah it's doing kind of things i think right i think even like it's one of those kind of movies you give it a sequel and you can get even more dialed in i think sometimes people kind of forget that, that a lot of times just because like the first one might not be a hundred percent there it doesn't mean that the sequel can't get a hundred percent there. i mean it's, it's like the song the hedgehog movie i mean the song the hedgehog movie is you know already extremely good but that sequel i think is going to be a fucking grand masterpiece i hope i'm not like kingsman 2 like fucking building it up but if the sonic the hedgehog movie Song of the Hedgehog 2, the movie. If that thing is anything less than as good as the first one, then it's going to be like, what the fuck happened? Because <laughs> you know? it is going to be one of those, I think it might even be like that kind of like when we, we were so amped up to go see Wreck-It Ralph. Like, <laughs> and then like walking out of it, like, oh, what the fuck sucked. was this? Yeah, yeah this is like one of yeah, the worst movie then, experiences I've ever seen. And I, I, it just feels wrong because that was not what I told myself two hours ago. <laughs> Exactly, and like, so I'm I'm trying to like be I'm optimistic about that movie, but at the same time, like I also like I'm trying not to be overly optimistic on the chance that like I I, I don't know, you know what I mean? For for all you know, that's all that's the only scene Tails and Knuckles are in for the whole movie. Yeah, not, not that I think it's gonna happen, but you never know. Sometimes like, really, guys, really? But we'll find out when that happens. But yeah, yeah. um, hopefully. This movie gets a sequel. Just aside from other people getting employed and getting a job, it'd be also good just to you know give it give it time to like build and become something new or not new, but be you know um, continue with the other games. I mean, I guess the good thing about Sony Pictures is even if, depending how you like Sony Picture movies, uh, they're they're pretty good about still pumping out a sequel even if people said they didn't want it. So I, you know what I mean? Oh, we got so many people clamoring for Morbi for Morbius, the yeah. vampire. You know, you know, it's gonna be a Venom three. Yeah, for <laughs> so, some reason. So it's just one of those ones. I mean, I, I guess you got to give Sony Pictures credit for that. Hey, you know what? There's many other companies out there that just give up. You know, not Sony. <laughs> a for effort <laughs> but, uh, our slogan but yeah but no Resident Evil though I, I think it's one of those ones anybody who likes survival horror I mean and you if you want just like kind of like the, the very abridged version of Resident Evil 1 and 2 it's, it's a good way to be like hey I get my Resident Evil experience kind of boom 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 and uh, yeah it's solid it's cool it's interesting okay so I guess that leads God, are we already at number 5 I feel like look at my list like did I miscount because I feel like yeah um, I'm gonna say this one and Last Night in Soho could be almost interchangeable with each mm -hmm. other. Um, nobody. Um, 
the Bob Odenkirk movie, which is, to some extent, yeah, it is kind of like a, uh, it is kind of a John Wick clone. Well, it's literally made by the guy, the, the writer's the same guy. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um... All right, that explains it. So, all right. So, well, when you when you hear it like that, it almost doesn't sound so bad. You're like, oh, okay. Well, never mind. That, that that's okay. Well, that movie's one of those ones. Like, I was so sold on that movie for the fact that it was. You got the writer of John Wick, but it's also it has the director of Hardcore Henry, and that almost got me even more than that too. Because oh, I didn't know that Henry, was him. Yeah. So it's the rush. So it's you get this Russian production and whatnot. And Hardcore Henry was already such like an interesting, cool movie when that kind of came out, and it was just a full Russian production and what have you. And my list the year it came out yeah and it even had then it, my favorite part too is like not only was it just like a first person shooter movie but it started getting like kind of metal gear solid in it and so on like that too and then um yeah when nobody once i finally got to see that that kind of took me a moment because the downfall was is that movie came out right before theaters started opening back up again so i felt like it was kind of one of those ones where it's like you know and if you maybe live in texas or somewhere you know then you can go see it but you know everywhere else you know Nope. And I, I say it's like probably everywhere else. Probably the other 49 states are like, dude, or 48 states probably. Let's let's extend New York as well, too. They're probably like, yeah, we could all go see it. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with your guys. Like, yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, fuck you guys. Uh, I know movies are made here, but that doesn't mean we can go see them. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is seeing this movie. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, um... Well, the thing with this movie is I wanted to see it, and, like, I later saw, like, on, like, I think my, my when I was visiting my parents, like, my dad, like, he rented it and loved it and bought it. He says, you gotta check this shit out, you know? I'm like, all right. <laughs> and then I, I knew I'd like it, and then well, I figured I'd like it, and then watch it, I'm like, oh, God, this would be so much more badass than I thought it would be. And the thing about it is when you say it's kind of watered-down John Wick, you think that's not really a selling point, but... I think what's interesting about it is because John Wick takes place. The thing, one of the cool things about John Wick, at least when you see the first one, is you just think, okay, it's a guy going to get revenge on the asshole who stole his car and killed his dog. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, oh wait, there's a whole secret society of fucking assassins that use their own currency and have their own services. They only you, you know, I'm like, oh, this got a whole lot weirder and deeper than more, more, more creative than you initially thought. Mm-hmm. Aside from badass action, and this movie. It is very much like a very, like, like a guy who, you know, I feel like it's not that crazy over-the-top world of John Wick, but it's a guy, like, I I just think, because it's a movie almost about, like, and I don't like using this term too much, because I feel like people often misuse this term and use it for anything that's that's masculine, but it's almost speaking on toxic masculinity to a certain extent, in the aspect of, like, you got some guy, like, talking down you got everybody talking down to bob odenkirk mm-hmm. being like yeah man you know if i was there i would have killed him i wouldn't have done it like a real man i would have done it like this i would have done it like that and he's like okay okay yeah all right and then you you know deep down he's like bitch you don't know half the shit i've fucking seen you know and that's the thing like the guy who really would do it or the guy who can handle himself is the guy who's just like just shut the fuck up and let me handle this the way i need to handle it where everybody else like Really, dude? Really? He's just surrounded by all these people who are just talking shit to him. And it's not like, you know, falling, um, like, falling hard. Where falling down? He finally, falling down, yeah, falling down, falling hard is something else. Um, falling down, 
it's not like that. It's more like, I kind of like how he just finally snaps and he goes after the people who broke into his house. And he gets in there and he sees that it's another family that's struggling to get by. Their kid has asthma and he just wants to beat the fuck out of somebody. He's like, fuck! And he just because he can't, like, because, like, clearly these people are worse off than me right now. I can't, I want to smash, I want to fucking kill them, but I can't. And then, like, all those Russian, like, mobster douchebags get on the bus and then he goes, stops the bus, like, I'm gonna fuck these guys up, you know, and then yeah. just goes to town on them, and then from there on in, because the because I like how dreary and drab and ugly the movie looks for a while, just because it's not really interesting looking. It's just so dreary, so day to day life, so boring. Mm-hmm. But then once shit gets rolling, it gets rolling, and it doesn't stop. And the conversations are witty and fun. Like I've never met a black Russian before, you know, like that kind <laughs> of shit, you know, or uh-huh. like. The relationship he had with was that was that was that Riza that was in there? Yeah, Riza's in, Riza's with, in with, there with his dad also, and yeah, yeah it's got this fucking movie. Doc from uh, Doc Brown from Back to the Future is the dad. Oh, that was Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. So oh, it's like the the team of Bob Odenkirk, him. Christopher Lloyd, and Riza was just like, dude, this is so cool. <laughs> I didn't even fucking recognize him. I know. I, it, it, it took, when I was watching it, it, it took me a second. Then I was like, holy shit. Bob Odenkirk, Rizza, and, and <laughs> Christopher Lloyd. Like, and, and on our own and trip, I want to see they're literally all kicking ass. Like, no, that movie's like... That, that movie to me was pure perfect. That, that, I, ha- I hate to say it, but that's one of the few movies of this year that I thought was like, holy shit. That is like pure perfect. Nothing wrong with it. Like, it was one of those movies that I, I literally ha- I, I went out and just bought it straight up on Blu-ray. I'm like, okay, I'm, like, I'm going the distance. You know what I mean? Like, let's just see. And I was like, oh, so worth it. So good. The action in it the whole way through, so creative, so badass. I mean, it's like anything. If you, if you like kind of like... Any of that John Wick stuff, I mean, this movie kind of sells it there, too. But then it's like the combo of John Wick and kind of like you still feel that hardcore Henryness in it, too. And it's just like, oh, dude, this this is such a badass action flick. I was so sold on that. Oh, yeah, that one, definitely. So, yeah, that's my... I mean, I guess, you know, by the, numbering by this point, now I'm looking at my list. I'm now looking <laughs> well, see, my, that could have been probably... That probably could have been two or three, in all honesty. You know, see, I'm looking at my list. That, that's sort of what happens. You start talking about the movies again, and you're like, wait a second, I kind of like that a little bit more. You know? So what are we on, number five now? Yeah. So my number five is Last Night in Soho. Mm. So, and I... Yeah. That, that felt like... I put that there because that felt like a good center of the... The kind of oh, this sounds weird. I probably actually would. I, I would obviously watch Resident Evil more than that. So now I get that weird feeling like that. But I know, but I feel like Last Night in Soho is definitely a much more put together film and so on like that. But you know that's always sort of how it is. But uh, no, I still enjoyed that one quite a bit. As we just said, so that puts us to number four now. Number four, I'm gonna say, um, this is kind of a weird one. Kind of kind of bending the rules a little bit. I mean. I really don't know if it's my number four because (laughs) I'm just saying, well, first off, I'm now second guessing, thinking about nobody. I'm like, nobody was really fucking badass. But aside from that, I'm also thinking like what this is technically two movies is one. And that is Batman Long Halloween. And the thing about that Mm -hmm. is when we first watched them, we watched them kind of like when they came out. And when they came out, they're good individual movies that are fun, and 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 also they they get the cross of the it's a good adaptation of the story, but at the exact same time, it is obviously meant to be something in one like long three hour movie, which I haven't had a chance to watch this movie back to back. I was playing catch up 
this whole time. These last week or so, I've been trying to play catch up with movies I've been wanting to see to cover for the show, and I never got a chance to go back around to watch these movies back to back and see how they flow together. But I know that I, I know that there is, this is one of the best Batman movies possibly back to back. So, and since I can't say for certain, I'm going to say this is probably more my five or six. But I'm just kind of like. I can't say for certain without watching it, but I know that this is definitely one of, if you put it together, this is definitely one of the best Batman movies. Yeah, no, I kind of agree there too, is that I, I didn't get the chance to watch them both again. I mean, at least the upsides, they did come up, they, they came out only like, it seemed like a month apart from each other, but um, this is one of those ones, and now it makes the most kind of feel like, I should just replace Justice League Snyder Cut with <laughs> this Batman one here, because this, <laughs> this one technically is, it, and maybe it's just that one, because it's like, okay, you already have the book and everything like that, and this thing was totally solid the whole way through, and liked everything about it and whatnot, and when you do start to combine them together, I think that's when, like, the powers unleashed you know if you could just watch it back to back as a three hour long picture or what have you you know that would definitely be it but that batman one the long halloween but that was like the movie that i felt like we were waiting for for a good long time you know because it felt like okay they've done all the other big books you know dark knight returns you know batman you know year one the, you know they got all kinds of ones go um the killing joke but then it's like when are they gonna do long halloween that feels like it i mean they even did hush and so on and um the long halloween and I felt like was the one where it came out. It's like, oh no, they really got that done. They they did a real solid job on it. Even put some new kind of twists and turns in there, but doesn't like detract, you know, from the original one. It doesn't have that kind of weird feeling that sort of like how the Hush one sort of did. And it's not that the Hush one's bad, but it just felt like you, you want to be careful with how creative you feel like you're going to get in your alternate version of it. You know? Yeah, and I feel like every. I mean. I'm fully aware that Long Halloween does have some plot holes in it, like the original book, and I feel like this movie fixes those plot holes. Some of the things you can kind of see coming from a distance just mm -hmm. because of reading the book and whatnot. That said, I feel like in some ways this... It doesn't return the feeling of reading the book for the first time and being like just so invested in the story, mm -hmm. but it does fix a lot of the problems that um, well, all the plot holes that the, the first one had. And there, there's only really one thing, and that was there is multiple killers in, in the in the book and this um there's only one killer really so um it has a good excuse of wrapping everything up and i thought all the changes were necessary and actually fit it pretty well yeah no no, no. that that one is super solid I, I, now i feel like i wish that was on my list now i, I... I'm looking at my list. I'm like, Don't I just want to shuffle this up. Fuck it. Like, what, what can I knock off of here? Fuck it. Matrix 4, get out of here. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It happens every year. Every yeah. year there's always. It, it, there's a like... movie I started. There's a movie I started and I couldn't finish it in time. I bought it, I rented it, and then like something popped up and I couldn't finish it in time. So shit, that might not make my life. Who knows? We'll find out. Don't you hate when you do that? Like it sounds weird, but if I feel like if I bought it, like it's not like it was just like you know on like one of the streaming services, but I bought it and so on like that. You know that that was like there was like the movie the the last duel. Like because I, I, that was one of those ones I bought because I just went out and bought a handful of them and so on. And that was one of the ones that I probably would say if it was number eleven, I probably would have thrown it on there. It just didn't feel like it was a top ten one. But it was just like one of those ones where I felt like I bought it, damn it, I gotta fucking watch it and so on like that and get through it, you know? And it's it's a really Scott is the movie. Last, is that the medieval Me Too movie? I, I guess it, I don't know. It, it's a literally. The, I just took it as that because it's like this guy, this guy like trying to get some, pull some shit on me. Fuck no, I didn't. <laughs> Fuck you. You. Yeah, she's a fucking whore. Like you know, like I, I, that, that's kind of what I got from the trailer. You know, like. <laughs> 
Well, it's one of those movies, like, it's weird because it has so many things going on to it. Like, it, it sounds like, I feel like if you read the description of it, you'd be like, oh, that sounds like it's a hard drama. But then it's but then it's got weird comedic moments in it and very brutal action scenes, like, through there. There's a part that made me laugh so fucking hard because Matt Damon literally looks like he's, like, going to, like, a fucking Metallica concert in there. And he's, like, he tries to be French, but he's just, let's be honest, he's Matt Damon still, you know? <laughs> not, not saying anything against it because he's still like that. But there's a part where, like, this guy accidentally lets this horse he's, he's explaining this he's like i got this fine you know you know horse and she's ready to mate and everything like that and she's gonna be the perfect breeding thing and this horse comes running out of the gate and just starts fucking the horse and jumps up and matt damon's like no no he gets a fucking shovel out and starts beating the other horse and then fucking humping the other one he's like no at the very end the horse runs off he's like that's why i told you not to fucking open the gate like I was laughing so hard, and then it's like, and then it cuts to like you know where it'd be like, and Adam Driver he gets rapey, <laughs> and you're like, just, you, you look at Adam Driver you're like he does look like a rapist. I'm like, I, I love Adam Driver as an actor, but he does look like the kind of guy that no, no, no. If it's a dark alley, you don't go down it. He's he's gonna get you. It's always kind of brooding. He always has that kind of look, you know, that constant like. Kylo Ren scowl, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it, to top it off, it had Ben Affleck, and I didn't know he's in there, and he's just like this guy's like, yo, I own some fucking land in France and whatnot, and come on, man, pull your pants down! Come on, let me see that dick of yours! We're getting fucked up tonight! I'm Ben Affleck! <laughs> Like if this was literally the movie. This dude, would that, probably you know, be that my movie, number one. That, that's almost how the movie is. Like that's the thing is like the <laughs> moment Netflix yelling at people to pull their pants down and pull their dicks out. Literally, literally, it's in the movie. Really? Yeah. Now I'm renting this thing. Now yeah. I gotta see it, what it's it, all it's about. Weird. And I'll say this because now once again, it's no one's ones like as I talk because it'd be like when I was watching it, it would be like. There'd be the moments in it where it's like, fuck yeah, it's like, dude, there's action's fucking great and so on like that. And, but then it'd kind of go to like, okay, now here's like the, you know, the kind of like, they, they tell the story from all three angles and whatnot. And, you know, it's just like, okay, here we get back to the rape thing. Kind of boring, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Let's get back to like more like, I, I like the weird comedy and the action that it had in it and so on. And like the, the weird like property like trading thing going on in this thing. And so it, it's one of those movies like it's still very interesting, but like I felt like. It also kind of, I mean, because even the end, it's got like a 20-minute just brutal battle scene at the end where it's like, fuck you, fuck you! <laughs> I'm just, please tell me it ends with like a freeze frame and like the boys are back in town plays. It, yeah, it doesn't have that, but uh, it does doesn't have doesn't have like, that, okay. Well, but, but, not yeah. sold then. <laughs> but yeah. After like, well, 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 mid-yelling, after, after like whacking those, I told you not to open the fucking game! Freeze frame. <laughs> it's like, that was abrupt as fuck. He's just kind of has like the picture of like the horse wants. from like fucking Animal House when it gets shot and it does like that look like... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that, that's Just the thing. This movie, straight up, <laughs> yeah. It, it, as I kid you not, this, this movie had like it, it was. I felt like it was a lot more diverse than like you would expect it to be. It looks like it's just going to be kind of like some boring old timey drama and whatnot. And it's like, oh no, it actually had uh, some more stuff in there, but. But at the same time, I don't know. At the end of the day, other than, like, it had just, like, those moments. But I could probably, like, chop those moments to, like, you know, like, half of it. And then the other half, you're kind of just waiting for those moments to come again. Uh, well, I'm definitely checking it out now. <laughs> ben what? Affleck yelling at people, like, I got property, I got land. Show me your dick. <laughs> Make that the Red Band trailer. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Shit, I didn't even know Ben Affleck was in the movie until I was watching it. So, but um, but yeah, 
it's one of those ones where it's still interesting. As I said, as I talk about it, it makes me almost feel like once again, like, hmm. But no, no. Okay, what, what, what are we on now? Four, five? I think we're on four. I think we're on four, yeah. Um, my number four. Wait, is didn't, didn't, didn't you just go? I, I don't think I even went yet. I, we just talked oh, about. Oh, yeah, you were, you're, you're just talking about. Yeah, yeah, we're four. Yeah. So uh, my number four is that where we're on? I believe so. Yeah. Okay, mine is Raging Fire with Donnie Yen. That is the movie I was watching before we recorded. And I couldn't finish it in time, and I really liked where it was going. I got about maybe like forty-five minutes into it. Ah, because, yeah, that was one of those ones that I literally just, it popped up in the store on Blu-ray, and it was like, and generally if I see Donnie Yen, I just buy him. I, I, I don't even question him. I just go, you know what, I, I like just anything Donnie Yen, even like, even if he's got kind of a couple okay movies, it's just like, he's like, one of those ones like, he's my guy. I just I just buy his movies and whatnot. So I was like, fuck it, this one looks really good, and so on. It's got, you know, the big director, guy I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, but he just passed away. Benny, um, Benny Chan. I want to say, but um, and this is one of those ones too that one I'd like to give this one a, a, another go. I felt like this was like the year where I just I just didn't get the time to like because of there's always something else to watch. I never got these movies like I felt like a lot of these movies if I I could have gave them a second watch through would have just sank in a little bit more. But this is one of those ones that it still offered a lot in it. It was just like not only did you get great martial arts scenes, you got kind of like this police investigation type stuff going on. There was car chases, shootouts. Like it just felt like it was like almost like an action movie greatest hits like in a sense i don't mean that like it was like taking stuff from other things but i mean it just felt like it delivered on like a lot of fronts you know and the story was interesting the whole way through and whatnot and just getting these cool scenes of like you know the police kind of being sort of taken down donnie yen having to sort of figure it out and whatnot and having those little twists and turns in there like it was totally badass um no i i, I didn't finish it so um but what i did see of it it did seem like it was kind of doing this thing like yeah, it's a cop movie. Yeah, he's a cop that plays by the rules. People above him are corrupt. What are you going to do? But you didn't come here for that. You came to watch people get fucked up. And mm -hmm. I feel like what I saw so far was me on every level. And I think there's something about a lot of, you know, both Chinese cinema and Korean cinema where they really have action scenes down <laughs> to, like, you know, a perfect science. I mean, anything. I'm, I'm trying to blank on the guy's name. But the guy who did um, I Saw the Devil... And um, oh, the good, bad, and, the weird. Uh, good, the bad, the weird, and Foul King, and a Last bunch Stand. Of other movies. Last Stand, yeah. Um, like the action in the, the those movies are all so good. Even the Last Stand is an American movie, but still, you, he definitely had a signature on the last half of that thing, at least. Mm -hmm. um, that like that like they have that action down. When I saw this movie, I was like, God, these shootouts like you know they saw he shoots one guy in the head then he's using him as a body shield shooting a bunch of other guys kicks him down just follows him into the next room like like and i was like fuck if i finish this thing it would probably make my list but i'm not gonna finish it in time so you know yeah been. yeah no th this one as i said i'd like to watch it again because as i said it just kind of had like movie overload so these things kind of ran together and it was just it was another one i was like there was tons of great action i love the living daylights out of it and everything like that and yeah, it, it was pretty darn cool. It was definitely one of those ones where, because it's almost like getting to that point where, you know, China, you know, in a sense, Hong Kong was always like, the, they, they just knew how to, like, you know, make, like, the top tier of the top tier, like, action flicks and so on. But even, like, in the, I was watching the special features, they're even like, it's starting to get tough here in China now, too. Like, you know, there's just a lot of things you can't do. And, you know, very rarely can you have these, you know, movies where you actually do have, like, legitimate stunts and so on like that. Even though this movie also had some interesting fucking, like, CG stuff in it. Like, I saw some of the special features 
and I was like, the fuck? Like, that entire, like, back, like, when they're doing the car chase scenes, they just have this, like, walled-off section of, like, Hong Kong. They just put up, like, you know, like, I don't know, 15-foot wall, and it's, like, literally in the middle of the city. Like, when you see the camera, like, above the wall, it's just, here's the normal city, like, there, and they just blocked off, like, three blocks in these walls, and then they just fill in all that, like, extra stuff with, like, you know, CG in the background and just, like, green screen stuff just so it makes it look like they're just actually in the city, but there's these just fucking walls. It was weird. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, I I mean, it was impressive in a sense because, like, I would never have known while watching it. Yeah, I have to. I have to check that. I gotta finish this movie out. I was really enjoying what I was seeing. I think it's a crime that, like, I, I know he, he's successful. His, his bread and butter is probably mostly, you know, a- Asian cinema and whatnot. But I think it's criminal that like Donnie Yen hasn't been bigger in America. Like, I think he's really <laughs> just as good as Jackie Chan or Jet Li. And like, I mean, Ip Man alone. I mean, come on. You yeah, know? if that if that doesn't sell you on it, you know. And what I always think of, like, the original, original movie I think I ever saw him in is he's the bad guy in Once Upon a Time in China. I want to say two with uh, Jet Li as well. So, And they have an amazing fucking fight scene in that one. I don't think I've seen Once Upon a Time in China. i got to check that one out. But those those are, Jet Li and... Those ones, there's, there's three of them with Jet Li and then two of them without Jet Li, but, like, they're so fucking good. Golden Harvest, I'm assuming. Mm. Just guessing. If if, if 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 I'm just assuming. Something like that. It, assume. It's like the. It's like literally. It's like ninety one, ninety two, and ninety three. I almost want to say is that the Jet Li ones, but um. Oh, okay. But they're they're, they're so good. Uh, I think they actually just released a big fat Criterion set of those movies. I I just have like the triple disc version of them or whatever. But um, that would be kind of a cool set to have because I've never seen four and five, and those ones don't have Jet Li in them. But still, it'd be interesting to see. Be interesting, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I gotta, I gotta finish Raging Fire because I was really digging that one. But um, but yeah, Raging Fire, super good, totally badass Donnie Yen movie, action packed. And as I said, like it gives you like a lot in one. It's not just a kung fu movie. It's not just a police movie. I mean, you're getting great car scenes. You're getting all kinds of cool stuff. You're almost even getting sort of a feel of like espionage and what have you and gangsters. Like it just yeah, so many things in one film. So I guess that comes to number three now. I think um, so. My number three is kind of another quasi-John Wick kind of... I mean, not entirely. It's still its own thing. Um, it's Pig. Did you see that one or hear about no, it? No, that, that was one... I did hear about it, and I did really want to kind of see that one. I didn't... That one, that one I just didn't... We just, we just ran out of time, and I just never got there. I'll be honest. Like, of all the movies I was playing catch-up on and trying to, like, see before this podcast, like, with the exception of Raging Fire, which I didn't finish... Pig is the only one that actually made it to the list. Like, all these other movies that went out of my way to watch. Like, yeah, I liked it. No, no, I didn't like it, but didn't make the list, whatever. Yeah, uh, that, Pig, that, that happened to me, too. That was like, there was the one, The Harder They Fall. That was the one I thought was going to be really good, and I was like, eh, it was okay. It felt like a... I didn't get a che- chance to watch it yet. Uh, it, it, it started off good, and then it just kind of felt like a cheap made-for-TV movie, and it was like... I feel like there's something cool here, and there there is moments, but it wasn't just, just something still missing. Well, I still have to check that one out, but it, like I know it's meant to be kind of like kind of like kind of intentionally be, being over the top and wacky, kind of near the end, kind of like someone's telling like the story of like an outlaw. I know that's kind of what's going for, at least what I heard. Anyway, this movie, Pig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the thing is, the setup is kind of like a John Wick setup, which is somebody's minding their own business and someone comes and fucks with them and takes their thing and they gotta mm-hmm. go get it back but it 
is it an action movie? And this is probably one of the more like kind of weirder, kind of experimental kind of ideas because it's a total action movie setup, but there's not it's not an action movie. Uh, Nick Cage is a we kind of learn a lot of the stuff as it goes on. We're kind of we don't we're not giving it right away. We just kind of pick up on it as it progresses. He's living out like in the mountain out in the woods in Portland, off near Portland, mm. and um, he is he has this truffle pig that he has a good relationship with and he just likes to keep to himself and make food for himself and his pig and he using the truffles the pig finds and there's also he has like a deal with some kind of like douchey entrepreneur type who Mm -hmm. uh who's kind of his business partner who he'll find a bunch of truffles for the pig with the pig and then hand it off to this guy. The guy pays him and brings him back like, oh, here's some like batteries for your boombox or some whatever, you know. And it's also one of those movies that's very minimal, minimalist on a lot of dialogue and whatnot and you kind of learn things as it goes on. And essentially some tweakers break, bust in and break, and break into his place, steal his pig. And then he goes and he's like, well, I'm going to go into town and find my pig. And he goes to his douchey entrepreneur uh, partner to help to help find him the whole time like, can we just get another fucking pig like no we gotta find this fucking pig this is the only fucking pig that's gonna, that's gonna do the what do what you want to do mm-hmm. and they kind of go into like more or less i guess the under the the culinary underworld of portland uh-huh. which sounds kind of like this is where the kind of john wickness comes in because there's like this weird like aspects you wouldn't see in a standard drama like the things you'd only see in an action movie but he's trying to like we find out that he's like this like famous chef in Portland that everyone admires, but he just disappeared off the grid. Like, oh, where, where the fuck did you go? What's what's going on? Like, I'm looking for my pig. This happens. So he's trying to figure it out. At some point, he goes. This seems like something out of a Chuck Palahniuk book or something. <laughs> they they go they go into like a basement, and he starts ripping things out of a wall. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? He says like, and he he basically says like. I'm going to this place called the Portland Hotel. The Portland Hotel has been gone for like night for like since the fifties or whatever. It's just like the hotel is gone. The basement is still there. There are back there are like sewer tunnels that lead there, and there's like all these like you know bus boys and like waiters having like an underground like fight club like down there like getting out all this pent up rage like just weird shit like that. But it goes back to like. Now back to the artsy drama shit over here, you know. <laughs> and then, so it's just like every so often, there a movie comes out. Like we'll talk about, like oh, I just have the balls to do it, or just be that weird about it, and you know, give you credit. Then you may sometimes see it, like ah, oh, didn't pan out. Like it was kind of I'm, I'm giving credit for doing it, but this is actually they do the weird thing, mm-hmm. but it actually fits and actually goes smoothly. And he, whenever he can confront somebody, he's not like I'm going to beat the fuck out of you until you give me a pig. He basically he'll come to somebody. And he'll kind of, like, pinpoint, like, the conversation. Like, at some point when he's trying to get information from somebody, he's talking to, like, the chef who made this very pretentious, bougie, um, like, overly expensive plate. And he's like, is this what you wanted to make? Because when when I worked for you, when when, uh, you worked for me, you wanted to do, what was it you wanted to make? You wanted to do this? You wanted to make an English-style pub, this kind of thing? Do that. And he's like, well, people don't want that. Like... Who are these people? Do you know these people? <laughs> they don't know you. They don't give a shit about you because they haven't met you yet because this isn't you. You know, and it has this real interesting conversation on, like, basically, yeah, it could be about food, but it could be about create the create, like, 
creative endeavors. It could be about... It's also kind of about grief and whatnot. So it's this very interesting movie. And it's maybe not a movie you can put on all the time, but God, I was really intrigued the whole time. Few punches were thrown, but I was still very just like, where the fuck's this going, you know? And yeah. Nick Cage, I mean... There's sometimes there's those jokes where you see him as like a really crazy over the top character like how the fuck does this guy have a career sometimes and then you watch this like oh it's these kind of roles this is the kind of shit he's made for this is like only Nick Cage could play this particular type of character and he fucking nailed it and I, I really like this movie a lot well, that's the thing is, you just realize that like Nick Cage is such like a superior actor, and I think that the average person thinks that he sort of just fell off the face of the earth. But it's like, no, 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 he's been doing just really fucking interesting movies like the last like five years, and I think that's almost kind of cool that he just he almost sort of did the thing where most people, when they kind of get to like their retirement age, they just start playing like people's dads in movies and so on. It's like, no, no, he's <laughs> he's gonna start doing some fucking really interesting stuff. I mean, that's just like um. Uh, that movie about three years ago, whatever the fucking I was going to say, Mandy. Yeah, I was going to say Maggie. There's a lot of M movies. I think that year it's like Maggie, <laughs> Mandy, Molly, Molly's Game, All about Death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that one was another one of those ones that was like so interesting and so on. And uh, that's sort of like that pig one kind of felt like it looked like. And I'm, that was one of those ones I, I did want to see. And once again, it was on the it was on my list of stuff, and just never exactly got to it. But it looked really cool. And I, I'm always down for anything Nicolas Cage. Yeah, it, it's not, like, I'm not going to lie, it's not a movie you can just put on any time, because it's a really atmospheric movie, mm-hmm. and it's not really, you know, it, that the, the there's, like, not this big, like, fuck yeah, payoff thing at the end, but it's a very somber movie, but with a lot of kind of, like, tough love kind of messages in it, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Yeah, no, 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 that, that one sounds like a cool one to check out, I'll have to have to look for that. What does that leave us, are we on three now? Yeah, we're on three. Okay, so I guess we're on three. My three is 007, No Time to Die. I knew this would be on there eventually. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I'll let you go first because it's your, you're, you're on your number right now. Well, the main reason I kind of put this one, I guess, higher on my list, though there probably might be other ones that might be interesting more, I watch them and so on like that, is that... I do feel this is one of those ones like I could go back to probably more often than some of the other ones, probably just because it's a 007 movie, so it'll fit in there. And this movie was still very kind of like interesting, and I felt like a good kind of comeback from even like kind of Spectre that was a little bit bizarre and what have you. And it delivers on, it's got great action in it. It's got kind of like almost like a greatest hits of all the Bonds from being like Roger Moore moments to Sean Connery moments to Timothy Dalton moments, you know, and even things like George Lazenby moments. That's like the thing, too, is it actually kind of does that a lot, you know, and then throw some kind of curves in there, too, that kind of would throw off certain people. Like, you know, as I always said, there's certain Bond fans that are going to there's just those moments in there where it's like the fuck that lady's the new 007. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's I know that's just there to piss people off, but it's not like that's the new 007. That's just there is like more of like a you know kind of like a poking like the bear kind of thing you know what i mean like you you do it just for the entertainment part of watching somebody get real angry i feel like and i hope don't take this literally but i feel like sometimes like to a certain extent a franchise should fuck with the audience just a little bit yeah just like hey man just so you know, you're not always calling the fucking shots here, all right? You just got to remind you of that. Yeah, well, I, 
I feel like it's one of those ones where they're sort of just dicking with you a bit. Like that that's sort yeah. of that's sort of what it is. It's like this this isn't what we're doing, but we're just gonna fucking pull the you know the rug out from underneath you for a second just to let you sort of know. Like and then at the end of the day, Bond's always still gonna be Bond. But um but yeah, no, the action in it's cool. It's got cool locations and whatnot like that. It sort of whole wraps up the whole Daniel Craig kind of story. I love how it also ties in just like you know, you get things like the Aston Martin literally using like all its gadgets like in a big old action scene. And then to top it off, you get the Aston Martin that shows up from, like, the 87 Timothy Dalton, um, not License to Kill, but um, The Living Daylights, you know? So it's just, there's just all kinds of cool moments in there and whatnot. It's almost a movie that's almost a little bit too big for it. Like, it almost kind of, like, as we said in, like, our 007 kind of review, is... It almost has more characters than it sort of needs. Like, it's almost that one you could probably simplify some of these characters just so they could actually get... Because certain characters don't get the, the right screen time, you know? Like, like I don't know. The one that I always keep going is, like, why is Money... Money Penny should just be that new 007 one, you know? Because she literally gets kind of pushed to the sidelines in this movie because there's just not enough time for her to be in there. Or then you also got the chick from Knives Out. That could also have been... I, or Either that or I felt like that girl could have been the new Money Penny, and Money Penny could have taken over the role there and we just kind of upgrade them. And then we just don't have so many characters being spread out. I mean, it's the same thing with sort of the villains. Like, I, I know it feels like, here's our list. Now, now let me tell you, like, what, where I feel like it could kind of be better. But it's almost like the same thing with, um, you know, having, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, shouldn't draw a blank. It's late. Uh, Q? No, Q. not Q. Um, uh, uh, M. M. No, the villain. Um, shit. Um, oh, um, Dr. Robot or not, Mr. Robot. Not, I, I forgot. Not Mr. I don't Robot. I the character's... He, he had to, that's the show he was on before this. Yeah, yeah no, 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 not fucking Remy Fred. Malik. Remy yeah, Malik. No, 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 not Freddie Mercury. Um, the other one. Oh. Um, f- fucking the main 007 villain. Ah, uh, shit. I don't know why I just drew the biggest. Oh, Blofeld. Yeah, Blofeld. Like, realistically, I always feel like Blofeld should just be where the Remy, just take Remy Malik out of there. And not say anything against him, but that really should just be Blofeld. Just like, what, why is that not Blofeld? But whatever. You know. Which you can't take it as is. It's still interesting, and you still get good action and whatnot in, it and so, so have you. But it was it was an I liked it. It was an enjoyable. It didn't make my list just because I feel like there is a big um, lull in the middle of it for me personally. Um, well, it, but it, oh, yeah, it really like slows down for a minute. It, it does. But the beginning is all fucking awesome. Like, when he's in Jamaica, that's even cool, too. Like, like I believe it was you that told me that, like, he had, like, a... Um he had a house, the, the, the creator, uh, Ian, Ian, Ian Fleming. Fleming. Yeah, he li- had he, a house he, out. Yeah. His house was called Goldeneye in Jamaica, and that's where he wrote all the books. Yeah, and then he also... Um, even that ending, like, it doesn't bother me that... Spoilers, it doesn't even bother me that 007 dies at the end. It's like, okay, they're just going to recast them and new series down the line, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, I, I, I definitely... I really enjoyed it. It was just kind of... could have been, like, right trimmed a few things off in the middle of that film but beyond that no i, I totally dug it yeah no I, that's one of those ones it's kind of like it's sort of like the snyder cut where it's like there, there's a couple parts you can kind of trim down a bit and just probably have a more streamlined picture but uh no it, it still was fun i still yeah that's it I, the reason why i probably put it higher on my list even though like, probably other movies i might like more in the long run but um is that i just felt like i probably would watch this one more often than some of the other ones no i get that i get that um, so I guess that leaves us at number two now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest, I'm kind of struggling with myself What between these my, my last two, like wh- which one goes where. Um, for time being, right now, at this moment, my number two is Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that literally, it, it's one of those movies that 
it, it's not that it, I mean it very well might be my number one but I've only seen it once so mm-hmm. you know and sometimes you gotta take things and roll it over in your head and there's a lot going on in that movie but um, it was one of those movies that like not only did it push the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies forward but it also did this thing where it kind of gave closure to past Spider-Man movies, but in a way that made sense. Mm-hmm. And in the way that it didn't feel like, yeah, it had some of the Marvelism comedy, but I feel like those Spider-Man movies have always been, the, the Marvel Spider-Man movies have always been action comedies. And this one just kind of embraced it, but at the same time, it almost used that to catch you off guard. Because when you get to the halfway point of that movie, it goes, oh, you, you're you having fun? Well, guess what? You know, and then, like, oh, shit, this just got real. And all the things that people have been complaining about this Peter Parker not having to deal with or go through, I feel like it all piles up at once in this movie, but not in a way just to, let's just slap bow on this and get this shit rolling, like, but in a way where it's like, no, this feels very earned and really sincere for the character. And he also managed to take take one of the, like, the worst received comic stories and make it into one of, like, people's favorite <laughs> Spider-Man movies, you know? Yeah, well, th- this one's my number two as well, too, Spider-Man right here. And to me, this was, like, the Spider-Man movie I always sort of wanted. Because for the last 20 years, for whenever these superhero movies come out, I would I all would always be like, dude, why don't they just fucking get, like, you know, five or six villains? What's with this fucking one villain, one hero, like, bullshit? Let's just fucking get this going. Like, we know who these characters are. We don't need to sit here and, like, slow, like, turn it out. And that's what I think I love about this movie. It's like, oh, no, here's Spider-Man. He's fighting fucking five villains. He's got two other Spider-Mans with him. And it's like, I almost like how they sort of acknowledge the other two Spider-Mans. And it's not like, especially Amazing Spider-Man, because that that's probably... Even though, like, those movies, like, you know, the first one's kind of, like, once again, kind of a rehash of, like, you know, the Spider-Man origin once again, I still think that one's just, like, a very solid movie, but really where it's at, like, also, too, is I also liked Amazing Spider-Man 2, even though it's not perfect, but I still like that one a lot, and I was the person who really wanted to see Amazing Spider-Man 3, because I thought that was going to be the very dialed-in one, because they build it up so well in Amazing Spider-Man 2, it's just like, yeah, let's just see, they're going to do Sinister 6, it's going to be fucking badass, we're going to have Spider-Man fighting all these people at once, and then, you know, the fucking little bitches came out, and if there's enough bitches in life, it'll actually stop something, which is amazing. But um, that kind of happened, and it was just like, oh, well, that fucking stupid fucking cunts out there. And it, this movie felt like it sort of redeemed that. Like, it kind of just said, like, hey, no, 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 here you go. Here's your Amazing Spider-Man 3. You finally kind of get that, and it's fucking badass. And I feel like they dialed in the characters even more. Like, fucking Jamie Foxx, like, his Electro in this one was just, like, perfect right in there. I, I like the way it kind of was. Um, even, like, um, fucking um, Lizard and everything like that. I thought he was just going to be a background character with like, oh, he's not going to have any lines. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, 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 no. He, he, he's going to be here. He's not just like a joke character in a cage or anything like that. Like they, they utilized him and everything like that. The only thing I thought was kind of a little bit weird is like, I don't know why there's not a Tom Holland villain in this one. You think that I, I felt like Vulture should be in it. And then you could literally just say it's Sinister Six. Yeah. I, well, apparently there was an earlier draft where they wanted to have um, Sony. Definitely probably want to yeah. do this. Uh, have Venom come in there uh, as the sixth member, and then by the end they square things. Like, oh, it was just a big misunderstanding, you know. But then, uh, but then that didn't happen. Uh, but I, I think that that would have been cool. Or like, you know, I mean, I guess it's already like a two-hour and forty-five-minute movie. So I guess trying to carve time out to like 
how'd he get out of jail? How'd this happen? How'd that happen? Or is it the scorpion instead? You know, well, something like that. Well, we, we know he's scorpion. out somewhere because he keeps appearing in that uh, Mephisto trailer or whatever. Morbius, yeah. Morbius, um, yeah. Mephisto. <laughs> Well, we're not. Well, I, I think we gotta wait till like phase eight till we get the Mephisto movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, we already did seven Howard the Ducks, so now what do we got? So it's like, well, those ones. I know he's out there. Damn it! Like, you know what I mean? I keep seeing him. You know? Shit. He was even in like the the Venom one or whatever. But um, who knows? There might even be another world thing, bro. Yeah. Know, but yeah, but we'll, it, we'll find out, I guess. But yeah, but beyond that, though, I felt like this movie just kind of delivered like that thing that I always wanted to see these kind of movies do. It's like, oh, finally we get that. Well, I, I feel like uh, in like the move, the film industry has this tendency to. I mean, you can people can talk about people can talk about Marvel like, oh, it's just a, like a, a money machine. That's all it is. There's no heart. There's no soul. Says people who probably never watched it or read a comic. <laughs> yeah. But um, or maybe watched two or three of them and then called it good. But um. This goes out of its way because I feel like a lot of times you'd be like, "Oh, uh, that movie never happened." And if they make a small little reference to the movie, they'll make like, "Oh, that's stupid. Why would you want that? Or why would you, you know, whatever." Mm-hmm. With this one, it goes out of its way to, "Hey, man, like maybe, maybe MCU people in the MCU weren't fans of Amazing Spider-Man, but still, there are people out there that like it. So let's give." Andrew Garfield a moment and let's actually you know for people if you, you never saw Amazing Spider-Man I mean he says what happens to, to, to Gwen but that moment when like he catches MJ when Pete when uh, Tom Holland Peter can't mm-hmm. and he gets that moment of redemption he's like I fucking did it you know he has a look on his face he's like getting choked up like are you okay like are you okay he's like yeah you know like that moment <laughs> like that like that right like I don't like Amazing Spider-Man 2 but I, I thought that moment made Amazing Spider-Man 2 totally worthwhile and going off what you said about um, Jamie Foxx when they first announced Jamie Foxx's um, Electro back in Amazing Spider-Man 2 I was super amped because he's such a good character actor and or just just a good actor in general, not even when he's just playing characters. And Electro's one of my favorite Spider-Man villains, so I was like, oh, this is going to be fucking awesome. And then, like, what the fuck is this? And mm-hmm. then in this one, it's just like, oh, he's just, he's got that Jimmy Fox level smooth, and he's also restructured himself in a way, you know, because of the energy or whatever, to look how he wants to look, so he looks like Jimmy Fox. And not only that, he kind of looks somewhat more accurate. Like, when he brings up the lightning, how it has kind of, like, it makes the shape eyes. of the mask. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. This is, like, I feel like, you know, between him, we get to see William Defoe be William Defoe again. We get to see, like, some, you know, Doc, 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 Dr. Octavius. Even Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman yep. got a moment. You yeah, know? and that, so, that, the Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman, that was the one that was actually the most surprising, I felt, because it's like, oh, shit, I would not expect that character actually to be brought in. And I think that was so cool. And I think that's the thing is that this movie does is, like, it's a perfect example of that, like, where, once again, the little bitches out there that fucking bitch and complain and, you know, get things canceled for us. Um, they don't, like they, they those people don't realize that a lot of times you know hey maybe one version doesn't work out the way it does but you can always redeem yourself in a sequel you can always kind of fix it like later on and this movie kind of totally says like look at you could totally do that you could take literally the same exact characters and fix them to exactly you know to use them well it's even like taking the Thomas Hayden Church who's probably like the best part of Spider Man three and it's like he's fucking great let's give him some more parts to do on here you know what I mean like and I felt like this movie did it right without you never made fun of the old. 
stuff. You respected it all. You didn't do the thing where like, hey, let's let's hide this thing. Let's 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 be Star Wars and act like the prequels didn't really happen. I mean, they did, but we're not going to talk about them like kind of bullshit. Like, no, no, no. This one said, no, no, it all fucking happened, and here it is. You know what I mean? Like, here's the characters, here they are, and whatnot. And it's also one of those things where, um, what was the example I was about to make? Um, about sequels and whatnot, shit. It'll probably come back to me later after we're done recording. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> it's it's just one of those things where, um, yeah, I'm just glad that this movie came out because it it not only capped off like Tobey Maguire's story and uh, Tom Holland's story and kind of gave them more closure for those series but also added to Tom Holland. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I this could be my one. Who knows? In the meantime, it will be. Oh, I was going to say, I don't like it as much as um, Into the Spider-Verse, but that's a very hard, that's a very high bar. But th- that said, this may very well be my second favorite Spider-Man movie, you know? Yeah, well, this one's definitely one of those ones. I thought it was one of the, as far as, like, any of the Marvel movies I've seen, I would say it's definitely a top-tier one there. I mean, there's, top like, five there's like literally movie. nothing I can complain about in it and so on like that. The only thing I would just, it makes me just want to see more of this kind of, like, style where it's just, like, it would be kind of cool to see just a little bit more into, like, you know, once again, Tobey Maguire again like this, even pull some other characters out of those universe. Same thing with Andrew Garfield and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they kind of pull everything from his. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, utilize that even further and deeper and what have you. But, um... But no, that one was one of those ones where it's like I felt like they got that one really dialed in. Like it's like that that movie was solid. Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that yeah. I had that fucking at the screening that we saw, there was just the they they let a fucking hobo in there, like a crackhead hobo, and. The whole time, this is one of those kind of guys that, like, he's literally having conversations with the fucking characters in the movie, you know, and stomping every single time he laughs and getting up and moving all over the place and whatnot. And it, the worst part, too, is he, he was, I thought there was two guys in there because, like, <laughs> I, he kept talking to somebody and then there would, there would be this other person. And I turn around and look and I turn around and I'm like... What the fuck is that other guy at it? There's, I see that guy and so on like that. He literally had the crazy crackhead personalities hobo, and he had like the his friend who tell him like, dude, come on, you gotta be fucking quiet, man. Like, dude, what are you doing? Oh man, I'm fucking sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and he started fucking having. It's like. He literally has a, a fucking personality in there that's telling him to do the right thing, and then here's the other one is just letting too much free, like too much free. I mean, this guy was having too good of a time. Where that point where like you're having such a good time that now you're ruining other people's times. If like so, basically, if Harvey Dent didn't get his law degree, is what this guy was. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it was. Because I remember, I, like I, I kept turning around looking, and I was like. Where the fuck is that other guy at? I because I'll say this: the voice was completely different. Like it did not like it, it wasn't just like yeah. It was like this guy had it down. <laughs> is this where some Tyler Durden shit happens? Like, can you believe that crazy fucking hobo that was talking through the whole movie, walking from one side? There was no crazy hobo. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> shit. Oh, I, I, oh, I know. Yeah, it's like one of those ones. But then it's like one of those ones. Like, but then Sorry, I saw I was the- in my cave. But but then I saw the hobo outside later on, and there's two police officers circled around him. So. <laughs> they, they, must have, they must have heard, hey, you talking during Spider-Man? The fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> that Spider-Man just came out today. You, you, you fucking talking during it? Um, I'm, This is going to probably stop the show for like two minutes, but i got to say this, and I know we both agree on this. I am fine with armed guards in movie theaters for people who can't shut the fuck up during a movie. I'm oh, fine with that. The, pause the movie. Like, if you got to charge like an additional, like, seven to ten dollars 
to pay those security guards, go for it. And yeah. If they start talking, give them a warning, like, hey, guys, can't talk during the movies. Please be quiet. And then, if they keep talking, pause the movie. We're going to beat the fuck out of this guy. You all get to watch, then we'll play Cheer. the movie after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. And you know what? If it's a really rowdy crowd that thinks they can start some shit, Guess what? We're just going to just hire more guards. That's it's all I'm going to say, right? Yeah. It depends on... Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of how I feel. I've been... I mean, I don't know what it is. It's going to sound super, like, elitist and kind of bougie, but if I go to, like, like any AMC or like, or, like, Regal or something like that, there is, like, a 50% chance, if it's a big movie like Marvel or Star Wars or anything like that, some fucking dipshit is gonna be or multiple fucking dipshits are gonna be talking throughout the whole fucking thing if it's opening mm-hmm. day even if I go to the earliest sh- screening possible if I go to say like some little like something like it's gonna sound doogie but like Alamo Draft House where you gotta be 21 to get in and you also like the tickets are a little bit more expensive and they're a little bit more stricter on that kind of thing they'll shut the fuck up you know <laughs> Yeah, well, oddly enough, though, some of the worst experiences I've had is at smaller theaters. It sounds so weird. Yeah. So it, it, it can technically happen anywhere. And it's just, it I think the thing is, but... is there's just there's just douchebags out there. And I hate to say it, it's like many things in life. They just fucking allow anybody in there. That hobo had $10 in his pocket? Of course they let him in there. Fucking, you know, little little Jimmy in the front, he, he doesn't care. Oh, it's okay, sir, come on in. You got 10 bucks, Okay. It's just the minimum wage, minimum wage guy from The Simpsons. Yeah, practically. <laughs> and it's just one of those ones where it's just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, and I'm, I'm going to say this. It's not saying that that hobo guy didn't say something funny every once in a while. Because there was a, I can't remember him now, but there was a couple of ones where they're like, okay, he had that clever line. But it's like, dude, this guy won't stop fucking talking, you know, and so on. And, right. it's, and the worst part, too, is when it's kind of a crackhead hobo, it's like most of the time yeah, I would say something. and I've, But that's the one where I'm like, I, no, it's not worth getting stabbed. Never over. turn your back on a junkie. Yeah, no, no, no. Especially because he's sitting behind me. So no, no, no. <laughs> it, it was one of the few times that's like, no. I'll say if it's an old person, fuck him. If it's you know, well, this guy was kind of old, but if it's you know an actual old person who has no fucking like you know self defense, fuck him. If it's a teenager, fuck him. If it's a kid, fuck him. But I don't know if it's a crackhead guy sitting behind you. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna ride this out for a minute. <laughs> I, I'm good. It's just you know what? It's, it's, it's not like, worth. Stab me with a syringe. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. One of those ones, but um. Because that leads us to number one, yeah, Spider Man. But yeah, Sp- Spider Man, great. But boy, was that experience like uh, it was it was a little intense there, you know. Uh, so my number one is uh, Suicide. The Suicide Squad actually is my number one. Oh wow, I'm surprised that that, that was that that high up. Yeah, because I actually watched it a few times between here and there, um, and. I found myself really enjoying that movie, and aside from being a big DC fan, my only problem with the movie, and it's not even like what's wrong with the movie, I guess it's just my fandom, killing off, spoilers, killing off uh, Captain Boomerang at the very beginning. That, that part, dude, Beyond I- that. That that part bothers me. I was literally talking to somebody at Comic Con the other day. He's like, "Dude, like, he's like that that part bothered me so much the first time I watched it." I'm like, "Yeah, I sat there with my arms crossed for like 20 minutes watching that movie. I did not think I was going to like the movie at all after that. I, I, that was like that was like watching Thor Ragnarok, and then in the very beginning, I'm like, "What the fuck am I watching here?" <laughs> like that's how I sort of that's how I felt for like 20 minutes. It was really hard to get back into it. Once I kind of accepted that he's dead. And it's all probably going to be rebooted in five years anyway. 
Yeah. I was like, okay, okay. And just watching the movie, it's kind of James Gunn doing whatever James Gunn wants to do best. Because, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is really good, but he still kind of has that mouse on the shoulder. Like, yeah. All right, don't get too many fucking ideas here. You know, kind of looming over his shoulder at the end put, of the day. Put the fucking and, cartoon gloves on. Put the fucking cartoon gloves on. That's fucking right. We all wear gloves around here. This is him doing. This is him basically doing like the Tromaville Slither type shit he would do, but with more of a budget. And on top of that, he also is just a very good storyteller. He's good at having multiple layers and themes. Like, yeah, he presents. I think he's really good at like doing that thing where it's a very simple A to B story. It's mm-hmm. not very complicated. It's like a very uh, anyone could follow it. But it's how simple the story is gives you time to focus on these character like the small minute details of these characters here, small minute details of those characters over there. And what I liked so much about this movie is initially when you say we're going to do a Suicide Squad movie and it's going to be a bunch of fucking characters, even a lot of comic fans don't really know that well. It's like, that's a weird choice. But then you watch it and like, when you think about it, it's kind of a movie about people at the bottom of the barrel, even for the Suicide Squad, with the exception of like Harley Quinn and King Shark, if you know the comics, mm-hmm. everybody else is like, well, these, who the f- rat catcher polka dot man you know all this you know and then you kind of bring brings in the whole story of yeah there's gonna be a high body count but at the same time anybody can do good anybody can change and there's the 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 message of the movie is said like why rat well you know he has a flashback about rats with rat catchers flashback with taco with td dad Mm -hmm. he says why rats papa and she's like well Rats are the most loathed creatures in the world, but even they have purpose. So it's just kind of like, I, I kind of, when a movie can present like, you know, crazy violence, stupid, crazy over the top shit, like a starfish destroying a city, and then just like faces and heads exploding, and still deliver that warm, fuzzy, like, Disney kind of message <laughs> and it feels sincere and feels legitimate and mm-hmm. feels like very organic I can't help give the movie credit for that you know what I mean? Yeah, no 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 I mean that movie was, I only saw it once and other than my arms crossed for 20 minutes going what the fuck's wrong with this killing Cat Boomerang part off and having a hard time getting back into it which I felt like it probably in my second watch which once you accept it it would be fine it's just that initial reaction you know um yeah, I, I I actually did enjoy that quite a bit. I thought they had good violence in it, good gore. My favorite part is John Cena, really, at the end of the day. And I, I like the Johns. I don't care. I'm I'm 100% pro John Cena's character in that thing. That's that's my choice over the other characters. Fuck the other characters compared to John Cena. But um, like I, I don't I'm know. Bloodshot. I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm Bloodsport. I mean, I'm, I'm, blood I'm all John things. Cena. But um, but it's one of those ones. Like I mean, like other than that kind of ending too, where they sort of force feed you like the what you're supposed to believe kind of thing. Uh, I really did still like that movie and just the action in it and the fact that it is just... I mean, it's a smart thing DC can do is be like, hey, James Gunn, you know what, Disney? You know what? You know what? Those guys kind of screwed you over, right? We'll come over to come over to DC. Do whatever the fuck you want, in a sense. Just make sure there's a moral message at the end. You don't, you don't got to take your shoes off if you don't want to. Do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've started that um, Peacemaker show on HBO Max, and that, so far it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And he, he's doing... Have you watched it yet? I don't have HBO Max anymore, but... Okay, well, to, just to, if you ever do see it, he is doing the thing where he's starting to question, like, was I wrong and all that kind of stuff, but still 
all the other John Cena aspects that you like of that character. Yeah, it takes no. place after Suicide Squad. Yeah, because so. that's one of those ones I would I, I really did want to see that because I'm like that's fucking badass and any well any, anything that wrestlers are in I'm pretty much sold and so on. I, I, I would literally get HBO Max again just for that almost. Oh, it's 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 really good. I'm digging it so far. So yeah. But um, but yeah, no, that that is a still a good one. So yeah. yeah, and that is actually written and directed by John by um by James Gunn. So the show is. The show is, yeah. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. That almost like never happens. But um, he, you would think he'd just be like exe- executive producer are. or something like that. But um, at least the first three episodes are. I don't know as it goes on. But yeah, yeah. no, I'd like I, no. That's one of those ones I like to check out. But um, but yeah, this is one of those years. It's like it, it's an interesting. It's not saying that you know these movies are all kind of very good movies and everything like that too. But it's like there's very few. I guess I didn't say my number one. My number one is nobody. I forgot we didn't get that far yet. But I intend to talk about that's. It. That that could have been my number one too. I mean, um, my 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 top five thing, or top six, whatever it was, it was kind of very loose. And I was yeah. thinking, oh well. And that's like, yeah. I mean, every year that's kind of how it is. I'm not that picky of a thing where it's like this movie's technically better than the others. It's just kind of like, eh, that's how I've kind of lined the list up, just as it is. I mean, I will say, nobody was the only movie I would probably say on this entire list that I thought was pure perfect. I don't think any of the other movies were pure perfect. They all kind of had like, oh, you know, this could be. And that was the kind of the weird thing about this year is it was one of those years where it wasn't just filled with like, man, these movies are hard to like, t- you know, they, they're all kind of like a little bit broken films. And it's not saying that they're not really still good, you know, and enjoyable and so on like that. But they're still like. You know, this like I don't know. It's like one of those ones. Like, like in a sense, I would say it's it was a year of a lot of three out of four type movies. And that's not saying a bad thing, but you know what I mean. There there wasn't tons of these ones. Like I feel like Spider Man. Like to me, nobody. Um, I mean, close close to it though. I think would say Raging Fire. That, that was still pretty good. I don't really have a whole lot to complain about in that. But it, it's still one of those ones. And maybe it's just because we kind of had like the mixed match of like movies kind of being finally released after two or three years kind of the ones that filled in there and you know it's just kind of like work in progress sort of year like everybody sort of thought 2020 sort of was but those movies were technically already in the can i felt 2021 was all kind of like the oh shit here's a like shit we, let's let's extend it out and we'll, we'll find a place for them yeah no well going off nobody again for a second just the subtleties of that movie just because like when he's in the room he's just like i'm gonna just like He's just like, they're asked like, oh, you think you're getting out of this? Do you think you're getting out of this? They, the both like cops get a call at the same time, both answer like, and both their faces at the same time change expression, just like the subtleties of like <laughs> things like that, you know, like, yeah, that movie, I knew it was gonna be good, but when I saw it, it totally like. Yeah, expectations. That's the same way I felt too. Because I remember I saw the trailer. I'm like, that looks cool. That looks like one to see, but it didn't have that like, oh shit, I gotta be there. But then when I saw it, it was like, oh no, no. This movie, the whole way through, was just fucking killer. Just perfect. Good comedy, great action, good story, good premise, amazing characters, everything about it. I was 100% sold on that one. Majority of the time, I feel like the movie's like, that looks good. I'll check it out. Not always. Majority of those in the movies end up always being my number one that year. Yeah. Because nobody could have been that. I mean, it was just really could have been four or three or two even, you know. But, like, it, like... That happened with Nice Guys. Yeah. I think that happened with, like, Snowpiercer. So, you know, it's a, whatever's my number one, half the time, it's like a movie like, I'll check it out when I can. And then, like, oh, fuck, that was really good. Yeah. No. Well, that's I, – I, you, you You mentioned Nice Guys. That's what nobody sort of feels like. That feels like one of those movies where it's like, that looks interesting. That looks like a cool one. And then you kind of watch it and you go, oh, shit, no, there is a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and the same thing with Snowpiercer as well too. That that's like in that same boat too. Except for Snowpiercer, sells me real quick because I'm like, I love snow and I love trains. 
<laughs> you must love Polar Express. <laughs> Boy, well, I saw it in theater, so I guess I did. <laughs> I don't know, but um, but yeah, that, that's the thing about the, this year. This year was kind of just one of those interesting ones. Like, I feel like I could take my list and just shake it up, and it would, other than a couple of them, like Sprite Spider-Man and Nobody, like, you know, they could kind of, wherever they lie, that, that works too, you know? I'm kind of like, I'm bouncing between, like, kind of, I feel like Suicide Squad probably is my favorite, and Spider-Man is pretty close to it, too. I don't know. I'm not, I know I'm kind of going back and forth, like, so indecisive. Like, maybe it's my number one. Maybe it's my number seven. I don't know. But, like, it's it's more like, um, like, one is probably Suicide Squad. Then, like, somewhere in my top four or five. Or there's, like, two through five can be kind of shuffled around a little bit. I don't know, you know. It doesn't fucking matter. At the end of the fucking day, it doesn't matter. They're just all interesting movies. I think I think that's what we all come to the conclusion. Hey, here's yeah. a list of just things that we found interesting and enjoyable and whatnot. And, you know, th- th- of course, there's always something you miss. That That's always how it is. You know, I, I, I now refer to this as the hell or high water syndrome because oh. that was the one that I remember, like, we just kind of missed. Because I remember that came out for, like, a week and disappeared. And then when we finally saw it, like, a year later or something like that, I was like, what the fuck? That could could have been probably at least like between one to three on my list i was like yeah so there's always those kind of films and so on but um but yeah beyond all that you can tell us what you think about all that good stuff at twitter or whatnot like that you can find all our links at oldmanorange.com we got more podcasts comic books like pizza boys old animations and that other fun stuff till then i'm spencer scott holmes and i'm rain donegan and we'll see you some other time later folks